So hello and welcome back to Ayahuasca Assisted Therapy. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And uh, if you like this podcast, please like and share with your friends. Today I'm here with Patrick Morancy. I'm so glad to be here. This is the first time that we are kind of meeting closer as well. So I'm really curious and excited to get to know more about what, what he is doing and his work in the psychedelic space as an integration coach, but he's also doing somatic body work and NARM, right? That's the uh, abbreviation that you're going to tell us about what, that, what, what is that exactly. So yeah, we, we, we met through Clubhouse that is a really good platform and, and there is a good psychedelic discussion going on there. So if you haven't been on Clubhouse, please check it out. We, we have the link in the description and, and join us. It's an interactive app. You can participate in, our, uh, in the conversation. You can ask questions. It's really cool and there's a lot of like-minded people there, at least, you know, in this field. So yeah, welcome Patrick. Thank you so much for coming and we're trying to make time for a month now, you know, to make this happen. So I'm happy to be here with you and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for the invite. It's great to be with you. Yeah. So let's just, uh, you know, tell, tell some, something about yourself that you think that people, it's important that people know about you. Okay. Well, um, like you said, I'm, I'm trained as a somatic body worker. I also work as a coach and I'm on my way to uh, uh, a master's degree in somatic psychotherapy. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm working as an integration coach. And one of the reasons why I wanted to get into this was because of the lack of support that I saw around uh, ceremonies that I was going to. And there were just lots of people that uh, were coming back for their hundredth time or something like that. And they were still stuck in these, these loops and these spirals that they were stuck in. And I, I had gathered so much from my experiences and I was wondering why people weren't, uh, you know, moving in a different way in the world after their experiences. And I surely realized afterwards that I was sitting in men's groups. I had, um, you know, just, just different ways of, of processing what I had, I had been through, you know, nothing was explicit for psychedelics, but I had these ways that were, uh, I guess, integrative in a way. And I just started to realize how much of that was lacking and people were just going to the ceremony and then, and then going back to life. And it was like, I was like going on a roller coaster ride or something like that. It was great while, you, while they were on it. And then, you know, the next week they're like, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think that was cool, but I'm still stuck. So yeah, that was kind of the motivation for me to start exploring what it might look like to, to be a guide or a coach. Right, but you were um, like already kind of like a therapist before you went to work with the medicine or the two came together into your life? No, so yeah, I my first medicine experience was with peyote in a mm. teepee and it was, I, I had no plan to be there. I, I had, I mean, there, there's a long story behind it, but I ended up landing on uh, one of the presidents of the Native American church's land. Mm -hmm. And a few days after being there, I was there to do some like farming and build some chicken coops and stuff like that. And all of a sudden now I'm in a teepee and we're eating peyote for you know 20 hours <laughs> and it was this i had experimented with psychedelics before that but never in a ceremonial context and mm. it totally took my life in a different direction right uh, yeah i found myself uh you know vision questing and 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 sun dancing and sweat lodging often and and working with, with all the different medicines and yeah, kind of coming into my own as as a, a, a human of service, like, and I could say that that was like the fork in the road that, right. that shifted into this direction. Before yeah. that, I was bartending and carpentry. Okay. 
Okay, that's cool. <laughs> I love woodwork, you know, and people who can create beautiful stuff with their hands. <laughs> so, um, so it was it was kind of a destiny kind of thing for you that that the universe brought you and put it in front of you and you just went for it. It wasn't that you were like super unhappy or suffering in your life and looking for something in an active way to change, right? I was suffering, but I wasn't looking for um, right. the medicine. It, it found me. Yeah, that's so beautiful because, you know, uh, many people have similar story with the addition that, you know, I was actively seeking, you know, something to help myself. And then, you know, I, I was called to the medicine. So, so that is super beautiful. So uh, that was the beginning. And then kind of like, how did it unfold from there? Like what happened? Well, um, I guess I, I bumbled around for a bit, um, exploring and trying to find my way because after some of the ceremonies, I was seeing the world differently and relating to some of the people that had been in my sphere before was a little bit different, but I also felt very much alone in it. Like I had seen things that the people that were around me hadn't and there were some struggles in yeah really the integration process for me as i reflect on it now i, I didn't know how to like like bring a lot of those things that i had seen and felt home and and really embody them it, it was more it was more like i went on this alien spaceship and i learned <laughs> a bunch of things and then i came back and was like well now what um so it was it was years after that before I was uh, on the hill during a vision quest where this just wave of uh, new energy came through and all of a sudden I'm up there. I was very selfish up until that point. I probably still am. But at that point, I there were seven other people on this hill and I, I literally just started praying for all of them. That wasn't my intention when I came to that ceremony, but it was just something that came over me. And I, I, I knew, I knew more songs than everyone else. And so I could sing to them in the night when it was dark and scary. And like, these weren't things that I ever thought would be a thing for me. And, and I talk about vision quest and some of these other ceremonies kind of in the same, I, I lumped them in together because I, I think non-ordinary states of consciousness can all be considered psychedelic. And after four days of no food and no water, um, things get pretty psychedelic. Uh, so after that, it was kind of like this, okay, this feels really good and resonant. And finally I have a purpose. And how do I work with this? What can I do besides just you know, sitting out front of the health food store and having people come and sit down at the table next all their all their stories and try and, you know, support them that way. I did that for a while. And but how could I um, really do this from uh, a place of uh, like having some training and, and skills and 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 how could I make a living doing it, too, you know, because I have to eat and that was when I started, um, I started putting on nonviolent communication workshops. And um, I did one of those for the Native American church at one point, and I wasn't supposed to do it. This is another one of those interesting things. I, I had gone to this NVC training, and then I went to this nine-day um, uh, NAC meeting, and somebody hadn't showed up there was supposed to be somebody presenting and they didn't show up. And the person that was coordinating said, Hey, Patrick, do you have anything that you could share? I said, well, I just went to this nine day training. So I have a, a binder that's like this thick and I could probably lead some exercises. And, and sure enough, I did, I did two hours and they wanted me to come back again. And so I did four hours the next day. And all of a sudden now I'm a, a facilitator of nonviolent communication. And, and that wasn't planned either. And, and so that kind of got me in front of people and bringing groups together and things like that and kind of gave me some confidence to move towards uh, moving into uh, being trained as a somatic body worker and then learning about this complex trauma model, 
which led me to kind of the school path that I'm on right now. Right. So uh, I think many people can relate to your experience and, um, you know, searching for something to help themselves and also maybe help others as well. So how did you find these tools? How did you go about looking for what you want to study or what you want to do? That's one of my questions. And the other question is that did you have any therapist when you were in your process, you know, at the beginning and everything who you could go to and who could support you? Or it was kind of like you learned on your own, like trial and error as you, as you went along. Yeah, lot, lots of learning on my own, uh, lots of like YouTube videos and uh, sitting. I sat in a lot of men's circles around this time and, and a little bit after, which was really supportive. Um, just it was the place where I could be authentic and be witnessed. And, and that was very helpful. Um, I didn't have a therapist at the time. Uh, I was still didn't really. Oh, where I had come from originally, like I grew up in, in Massachusetts, just south of Boston. And, um, you know, talking about mental health wasn't a thing that we ever talked about and being vulnerable as a man was not a thing. So I was still kind of transitioning into like the self that I wanted to be uh, at this time. And, and still therapy was like too edgy and, and kind of weird for me at the time. And now I look back on it and like, wow, you know, that that would have been really helpful. But those were those were traumas and programs that I had that I, you know, they take time to unwind and, and work through. Um, yeah. And as far as like finding the things and kind of getting like finding the medicines and 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 finding my purpose and all these things, this is a place where I wish I could say, well, I did this and then this happened and I wanted this and I went after it and this is what happened. But it really feels like I've been on like a magic carpet ride, kind of just ending up in like these opportunities to, like I stumbled into this opportunity to, to, to be a group facilitator. I stumbled into this TP. Like these were never things that I uh, intended on, or, or maybe I, I was intending on them like subconsciously and I was like being danced by some greater intelligence or something like that. And maybe these are moments where I could kind of get out of the way and just be open to, uh, you know, what, what wants to happen, you know, rather than what I'm like trying to like steer or, or make happen, you know. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I can so relate. And uh, I think you did something in a way that you, you, you did desire to learn and to grow and to help yourself and others. And I always say to people that ask and you shall receive that it's really true, even if you don't know what you're asking for exactly. But, you know, I, 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 I I'm desiring, you know, this so much and I want to go to this direction that it's really happens as you describe that, you know, the universe bring you the people, places, opportunities, connections that are leading you that way. And often I think that um, we can just not notice those opportunities or to with our mind to be focused and stubborn that this is what I want and, and, and not you know, not receiving what is offered. Uh, so I think that's definitely part of the process to, to, to surrender and to allow ourselves to go with this flow while we have a desire and we have a strong intention that this is what I'm looking for or going for, but I'm not sure how that's gonna unfold or manifest. So um, do you wanna share with us a, a little bit about the tools that you are using and why you love them? You know, those specific tools you mentioned, the nonviolent communications, and, and I know that you have a, a couple of other things that you are passionate about. Yeah, sure, thanks for asking. Um, the the nonviolent communication was, it, it, it was uh, an invitation into like, maybe understanding more of the, the nuts and bolts of compassion. Like in, in nonviolent communication, we, we look at everyone doing all the things that they do in service to getting needs met. 
So everything that we're doing, we're, we're doing to get needs met. And as humans, we all share the same universal needs. Maybe some of us have needs for certain things that are a little bit more um, pronounced than others. Uh, maybe my need for acceptance is, 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 is higher on my list than my need for, um, I don't know, play or something like that. And then somebody may have it inversed, but we all have the same universal needs. And, and all of our feelings are uh, results of these needs being met or unmet. And we all have the same universal feelings. So when talking about feelings and needs, we can connect on a level that is universal and shared. And so when somebody does something that I don't like, I can remember that there it's a tragic expression of an unmet need like and and whatever need they're trying to meet is something that I value too. It, just the way that they're going about it is kind of like where we we end up in trouble. So I love having that as sort of a, a foundation, you know, to to build from because it just it, then we can hold everyone in loving kindness. It's like, "Oh, you're doing that again." Eey. And I get it. You know, the other tools are the somatic tools that I use, um, you know, for body work. We work with the nervous system. Uh, it's been on pause for the pandemic for a bit, which has been really unfortunate because there are um, the, the deep healing of, of touch can, and it can get into places that are um, before our left hemisphere comes online. So in our earliest ages, if, if we have trauma, you know, maybe before three or something, we don't have a coherent narrative or, you know, like explicit, we don't have memory online about it. So it's hard to, to talk about those traumas. This is where psychedelics is another way that some of those things can, can come up. Um, so that's why I love I love psychedelics and somatics because they can both access um, places that you know more more top down uh, approaches can't really get to. And this model, this NARM model that I use, addresses uh, complex and developmental trauma, and it's it's both top down and bottom up. So we're we're exploring what's getting in the way of us having what we want. And ultimately, the complex trauma is all about shame and our, our deep internal hatred for ourselves that comes on as, as children. It's, um, it's right. tragic. And, 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 and I've seen such beautiful things with this model and, and the opportunity for us to reconnect to these, um, these split off emotions and these parts of ourselves that we deny or repress. And, right. Is that similar to like inner child work, what you're describing? I'm not familiar with that model. Um, in some ways, I would say, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is it like a verbal, like, like a, just your talk, talk therapy kind of thing, or is that includes like other things as well? So it's, it's going to be like a, like a talk therapy, it's going to appear as a talk therapy. Okay. But uh, being trained as a, a somatic therapist, you know, I'm tracking uh, somatic shifts and and highlighting moments of, of reorganization and connection and inviting um, awareness of the body. And so, with uh, you know, timed interventions, it works both top down and bottom up, which is one of the things that I really love about the model. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, once you started learning all these things and learning, learning about these things, I'm sure that you had some light bulbs going on about your life and your childhood. So <laughs> how was that experience for you? And how, how did your life change on an everyday level thanks to, you know, all this learning and all this experience and all this healing work that you've been doing over the years. Like, what is that? Some, something you can tell people, yeah, before I used to be like, like this and now I'm like that, you know? Can you pinpoint a yeah. couple of things? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, geez, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a, a long list. Um, for one, um, like knowing what is happening for me, knowing um, my my emotions, being able to feel my emotions, um, being able to be vulnerable and, and authentic and open and honest and things like that. Those, those were, um, those were hard for me. I, my parents. For all of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's not something we are to taught, you know, it's like the opposite is what we are taught. Just pretend that everything is okay, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and and we we get taught that at a very early age and at some point maybe it maybe it helps in some way at some point but as we grow older it definitely becomes the thing that gets in the way of us wanting that gets in the way of us to have like better relationships and and to be internally driven and heartful and things like that yeah Absolutely. I, I, uh, I, I really do believe that most of our problems come from trauma. I really resonate with Peter Levine, Gabor Mate, you know, they all, yeah, there's a couple of people in the field who talk about this, how trauma causes like chronic disease and then mental emotional imbalance. And, and that, that, that's definitely my experience over 20 years being a therapist and, and <laughs> my personal life as well. And I remember that, you know, I didn't even like when when I was younger, I thought trauma is something like a car accident or something or, you know, you are in a war or something and, and that's trauma. So I never thought I have trauma, you know, so that was that was I remember for me one of the big things when I started to learn and to study psychology and to more, go more into trauma healing that I'm like, I am traumatized. <laughs> I have anxiety, all of these things that I, I didn't have a label before or I wasn't conscious of because I always had anxiety and I just thought that's normal because that was my normal. You know, that was a big revelation for me to even grasp, you know, my situation in a more accurate way, not that distorted way that I was looking at myself. Like, how, how was that with you, if you can recall? Yeah. Uh similar experience um I, I i would say the majority of people still don't understand the breadth of trauma in our culture um in our culture i mean across the whole planet um the more i uncover these things that get in the way of me feeling more present like even right now i'm noticing I'm, I'm a little nervous i'm a little i have a little bit of tension and and maybe i i could potentially be speaking a little faster than i normally would a few years ago i, I wouldn't even realize that it'd be like oh i just talk fast and i feel tense you know now i can recognize oh yeah, there are things that are coming up for me in my nervous system and in my programming that are telling me that this is how I need to be in this moment, which are not true. And that's happening for all, for most of us oftentimes throughout the day. And this is kind of where the, the psychedelic piece comes in because we think we are these costumes that we wear and we're not but until we get a chance to see ourselves without the costumes on we just think we are these animates of of of, of how we show up in the world which are the result of of trauma i i would venture to say that the majority of our personalities and our characters are all shaped from what we could call trauma. And it's such a big word that people are like, whoa, that's a lot. But when you start dissecting what trauma is and, and the adaptations that we make, I, I, I 
you know, I put my chips in that over there on, on that, uh, on that spot, because I'm, I'm, I'm betting from my own experience that the major strategies and survival styles that I, you know, show up with are a result of environmental failure and my adaptations to that. So, but having, you know, been in many psychedelic ceremonies, I, I can like, when I'm aware, I can separate myself from Patrick, the, the costume or the, 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 the trauma survival strategy and kind of like the, the capital S self that is, you know, below that or above that or around that or, or that's always there, you know. Absolutely. And, and that totally ties into my next question about awareness, because that was like a big part of for me with the medicines, you know, expanding my awareness and seeing myself in a different way, as you said that, you know, we think we know who we are and what the world is and what's going on. And that's, that's, that's not true. <laughs> and then we are trapped in our small little world, you know, with all these blind spots and, 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 and circling around and around. I'm, I'm sure many people can relate to the circling experience and repeating the same mistakes. So um, these, these beautiful plants really help me to expand my awareness and, and start to see myself from different perspectives and, and the world. And, and that was a huge revelation, you know, as we talked before, wow, I didn't know I, I am like that or I have that, but now I'm, I'm aware. So um, how was your journey with the psychedelic medicines? Like what kind of plants were you called to work with and how did the, the ayahuasca came into the picture? Yeah, well, I, I first worked with peyote and uh, ceremonially and um, have have worked with with that medicine quite a bit and it's it's occurred to me as like a heart cleanser uh, it cleanse cleanses my heart and when I'm in when I'm in ceremony with other people who have experienced similar uh, traumas or, or had to adapt in similar ways to the world, I think there's a resonant energetic expression inside their body that resonates with mine. So when they're getting, getting well in ceremony, their, their vibration is matching mine. And so, you know, somebody's kind of going through their process over there and all of a sudden I'm getting sick because they're getting sick. I think we're both healing the same trauma where, where, where our, our vibrations are, 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 are matched up. So that's kind of uh, uh, one of the first places where I, I started noticing that there was more to even what was going, like there was more to myself that I realized there was more self, there was more of a connection to something larger. And then I started realizing like the interconnectedness between all of us through these ceremonies. Um, my, my ayahuasca experiences have been, have been very, very powerful. Um, yeah, probably the, the first time that I was able to communicate without using words and to you know psychically communicate with other people in ceremony on on that medicine which was um i still have to be very aware that i'm not like externalizing that as something like that's just like magical and out there and like remembering that 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 actually happened and it was and it is an amazing experience when it does happen and and the power of our thoughts I remember sitting in circle one time and there was a guy that showed up late and, and I was a little frustrated about that. And before I let it go and before um, we all finished our ceremony, I, I, I was still kind of hung up on it and, and directed a little bit of energy towards him. Not that I was wishing him anything, but I was just like, you know, kind of like, 
like, oh, can you just stop it or can you just go away or something like that? And, and watching the impact of that on him during the ceremony and his, his reactions to that. I mean, he got sick at that, that moment and, and was having a really tough time. And, and I had to realize just how powerful we are as, as, as humans and, and like what sort of vibrations we're, we're sending out there at all times. Uh, those, those are a few pretty powerful experiences and meeting this like higher self being <laughs> after a ceremony was um, still something that I'm, I'm curious about. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's very beautiful and and it's this these are the two master plans just for our audience like the peyote is called the grandfather and the masculine energy and the ayahuasca is the grandmother and the, the feminine energy and some people believe that all the plants are derived you know from these two master teacher plant so it's very interesting and i i had the other way around, I was with the ayahuasca for seven years, only with that medicine, and then she told me to go with the grandfather. <laughs> and that was my first peyote ceremony, and I thought to myself, this is going to be a piece of cake after all that ayahuasca, the hardcore, you know, experiences. And wow, was I in for journey. It is so different. It's really a completely different energy you know, to, to um, we're not going to go into the details of the ceremonies right now, but it's very, very different than what I was used to. And of course, trying not to have expectations and stuff, but <laughs> you do. And, um, and the, the roadman who was leading that beautiful Lakota, like half moon altar ceremony, um, I, I told him before that, oh, this, this is my first time and I'm, I'm a little bit nervous and I've, I've been with the ayahuasca for many years. And he shared with me that he, he's been uh, with the ayahuasca also for a while to, for his own healing. He wasn't serving that medicine. And uh, he said that for him, the, the, the ayahuasca is like kind of go within and remember who you are and why you are here. And the peyote is okay, bring this knowledge and express it in the world, like put it out and share, yeah, share that gift and manifest it in the world. And I was like, wow, I, I still have goosebumps that I'm talking about it. That just so resonated with me. And I did feel that I, I needed, well, it's not that I needed, we don't really need <laughs> anything, but, but after all this time with the ayahuasca, there was a very specific journey and specific energy. The peyote was m my next step, so to say. So that was very, very interesting. Do you feel particularly like called to either of the plant that says, no, no this is my, my, my medicine and I like, you know, the other ones as well, or, or you just uh, use like intuitive guidance in terms of what medicine you would like to work with? Yeah, usually something more intuitive. And mm -hmm. I had a dream that brought me to the ayahuasca. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a dream and, and she said it was time. And I said, okay, it was around New Year's too. It was kind of a special time. I was like, all right, well, I guess this is this is the year. And, and then she was showing up everywhere, you know, like at all the, all the invites and yeah. yeah, that's that's her. So um, let's move into a little bit like, you know, helping and supporting other people. Um, what is what is that you offer, you know, in terms of kind of therapies or containers, especially with the with the medicines I'm thinking about? Well, my first question is, do you take anybody or you specifically work with people who want to work with the medicine or it's not like a criteria for you? You work with any kind of people who want to come for healing? Yeah, I, I work with anyone. Um, for the most part, I'm, I'm doing very little psychedelic integration actually right now. Okay. I'm doing more one-on-one um, -on -one, uh, coaching uh, at this point. And people tend to come in waves uh, <laughs> with 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 the medicine, and they're they're wanting like you know support going in or support after, and so I'm I'm helping like bookend their experiences. I'm not 
necessarily taking anyone on on any journeys um right yeah so, that's that's what i that's what i do right i do the prep and the integration and the people go to their choice of circle or i can refer them to medicine places if if they um, need a recommendation so do you have like a framework that you use and say this is my prep program this is my integration program or that's also more intuitive and you go kind of with the people and their rhythm and their issues how does that look like yeah so it's definitely uh intuitive and also um kind of just fluid with with the NARM model so we're we're looking at some of these traumas so that you know somebody's not getting into their first ceremony it's the first time they're seeing these shadows you know maybe they have a little familiarity with them when they're going in and and we can you know set them up to have an intention and and really be uh, more aware of who they are and what they're going to face potentially in there you know um because we know it, it it can always vary and and from ceremony to ceremony it's always different but i think the more we know ourselves the the more the more we can we can actually The more we've done our in, our internal work, the 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 more we're gonna get like these pure downloads and these and these deep messages. If if we go in and we're gonna resist and we're trying not to see these parts of ourselves, our experience is gonna be very different. It it reminds me of like the vision quest. If you haven't prepared to not eat for four days you're going to spend the whole time up there thinking about how you're not eating for four days and you're going to miss a lot of what's available for you if the eating part is kind of like all right yeah i'm not eating for four days that's it and now there's all this other space i'm not resisting that there's all this other space for things to come in so i guess i i'm trying to like create space and familiarity with with them with them and and also give people some insights from my own experience and to just to like take a little bit of the mm, uh, I don't know may, may, maybe make it a little bit easier to to go in and and I'm definitely not wanting to give expectations or say my experience is like your experience or, or anything like that um, but the the other end of it when people come back from uh, from their ceremony we're we're doing similar work um what i like to offer people is an opportunity to do like their own kind of like homework practice mm -hmm. which involves like art and movement mm -hmm. and connection with nature and these things and and i've been looking at it like through the chakra system mm -hmm. so like the psychedelic experience often happens in these upper chakras and when we talk about it, we start to kind of bridge the experience that happens up here with our body. Mm -hmm. And then if we can talk about it in community or with other people, we can have kind of a heart opening experience. And then we can kind of move down and down and, and you know, into uh, like the somatic experience and the artistic expressive experience. Mm -hmm. And then the idea I love is that. Like, I never yeah, talked about it this way. It's kind of anchoring your experience, bringing it down. That's so yeah. cool. And then and then and then giving birth to it out <laughs> out the, out the bottom and and giving it back to the earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so then we kind of create like this like yeah. uh, What it, what it, what is um you know, if you work with a client, like what is that for you that means okay, this was a successful process and okay, this is the end of it because we reached, and because, you know, we always talk about that it's an ongoing process your whole life, you're going to be on this path, and it is true. But, you know, in terms of, for example, when I work with somebody, you know, they set intentions at the beginning, like very precisely what they want to get out of this experience. So, for example, if that's physical healing, for example, if somebody wants to, focus on their healing from physical disease such as like cancer or autoimmune then the successful completion would be them not having the disease anymore right so there's something that we can 
like literally measure you know in some way that okay like there was a definite before and after and and thanks to all the work that you did now this is where you are so how, how do you monitor like how long would you go with somebody and where is that point that okay we can say that 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 some integration and embodiment did happen and how do you measure that kind of yeah great question and mm -hmm. I, I love that yeah, you named going in with intention and finding out what clients want because right. then that puts the client in the driver's seat and it's really about them and their direction rather than okay well here's the spreadsheet and you got to do this this and this and it, it becomes relational and it's it's uh, it's client centered so yeah. i do the same thing we 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 try and figure out what it is that the client wants and i'm 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 thinking of it through like like states, traits, and stages. So we we can experience states like a state of presence, right? And and then there's the capacity to be present. And so if the client is wanting to experience more presence in their life or something like that, in session we can work to expand their capacity to be present mm -hmm. and we can sort of measure that as they relate to it in their lives or even in the session like somebody might say well hey i want to experience more presence what they'll usually say is something like i want to stop yelling at my kids or something <laughs> like that yeah. right and, and then we, we we try and figure out what's underneath that and and we get to something like a state and then as we build the capacity to experience that state in, in the session, at the end of it, maybe it'll be like, oh, well, um, yeah, how are you relating to this? Um, how are you relating to presence right now? Or, 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 or ask some sort of question so that they can be self-reflective on the journey that they just went through and, and maybe through, uh, you know, somatic anchors and markers, they can Right. say oh yeah you know what I, I i have been feeling extra present right now and i usually don't and that's that's great and and so we'll just measure those those traits over time and and see uh improvements yeah and and with with certain developmental traumas it, it takes a long time and and some of them it's 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 it takes a really long time and and yeah. other ones there's these <laughs> there's these magical moments where people are like, boom, they're instantaneously different. Absolutely. And, and you, you know, I, I wanted to ask you about the, the length of the integration. I, I know that we talked about that. It de depends on the individual, but I just want to highlight this because I think many people think that they did integration because they had like a, an integration circle or they had, you know, two sessions with a therapist, you know, and so just, you know, to put it in perspective to in order to create some kind of fundamental shift and change that will stay in your life and you will not regress back. I don't think you can do that in two weeks, you know, um, and unless there is a big miracle and there are miracles and of course, but that's not very likely and that's not how most people, you know, um, go with, with their healing. Like, how is your experience with that? I guess maybe I'll just say for me, um, if I were to look back on where I was when I first started working with the medicines, I'd, I would have wanted to have um, a few months leading up. Mm -hmm. And I mean, could, could be many months or e even a year of of integration afterwards totally agree yeah. totally agree i have you know my program this specific to the ayahuasca but it's three months prep and one year of integration and and we feel that time for sure and they still keep journeying afterwards you know in their own processes and stuff but i i think that what you mentioned a little bit earlier to to see what's beneath the things you know what are the real real reasons why behaviors manifest or disease occurs or something like that we need to see you know what is causing this that what we are interested in which is quite different from a western medicine model that addresses the symptoms you know on a symptomatic level so you know especially with the plants we are we are going and and i think with the ayahuasca is very very much for me that's that's one of 
most powerful tool to go to the root of the problems and and she's a vine you know and so I'm thinking that it's like so cool and it's really um, I had a lot of experience you know that that things were revealed to people that they they suppressed like so deep that that it was you know un unknown to them for many many years and and this uprooting and this really I really feel that you know that um, that's necessary to transform something you know on a fundamental level and that takes time because you need to clear some layers around it where you can access that that core trauma or whatever you know that is like creating you know the whole system of like disease or dysfunction so to say <laughs> yeah to kind of unblock that that energy pathway and have the energy be able to flow through the body without um, without those those clogs because i think that's what happens with trauma is we have these big experiences or these small experiences over time or these medium experiences whatever it is <laughs> and and we end up like we can't be that way uh, so we either you know stuff our emotions or we stuff these ways of being that we want to be and they get stuck in our body and they create this this tension and it doesn't allow for our energy to flow as clearly and when we start pulling back the layers of the onion more energy flows and then all of these things that are in the lower the lower areas they get to be more uh, more accessible absolutely um we are coming to the end of our our podcast today uh, so I would love to, to meet with you again and maybe do an episode focusing on the somatic healing because I think that's something that people not, not so familiar with. Most people think of therapy as kind of like a talk therapy and I think somatic experiencing and somatic healing is just such a huge um, piece, you know, in our healing process and so important. So I would love to give more information to people. What does that mean and what exactly happens or how do you, <laughs> if you are up for that. And I would like to finish with, I always ask people this, their definition of love because uh, m my motto is that you are the healer and love is the medicine. And really that was the main teaching that I got from the medicine. And uh, having a better understanding of what love is, because for me, I, I I realized, you know, during the years that what I thought love was, that was like obedience or people pleasing or, you know, commitment, you know, like I, I did not, and, and I'm not claiming to know what love is, but I have, I think, a better grasp on it, you know, or at least what is not love, maybe let's just say that. And uh, and this whole self love and healing, I think this is this is very much connected. Uh, for for me, that was my experience to 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 love and you know if I could if I could have the most powerful intention you know for going into a ceremony, then then my intention would be you know show me how to love, see myself with the eyes of love, show me how that how that looks like, how that feels like, and and really you know I think everything comes from that so if I would want to ask for the source of the healing I would I that, that well that's what I do nowadays I just go with the medicine and to ask her to teach me more about the love you know so what what do you think about love and 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 what is your definition if you would n need to use another word like how would you describe what love is wow big big question <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I mean, the first thing that comes to me is, is like love is everywhere and, and love is the, the, the substrate or the, the, the mycelial network that is yes. connecting, <laughs> you know, all of us and all things. And it's, it's not that we need to like go out and find love, but more just explore what's kind of getting in the way or what's what's you know blocking us from experiencing what we truly are already okay. yeah yeah <laughs> it's an undoing rather than a learning something new i i totally resonate with that mm. yeah awesome yeah would you like to um, leave any message to our audience right now anything that you you feel passionate about and want to share in this moment Hmm. especially people who looking maybe thinking about you know starting 
on a medicine path. Yeah. I I would say to yeah, to have some some conversations with people that are experienced in the space. Um, you know, ask ask questions about their experience and and see what resonates inside your body when when you're when you're thinking about this um, this path and when you're when you're when you're learning from from these people and pay attention to your dreams and and see what sort of synchronicities and uh, and messages are coming through that are um, maybe beyond like the thinking mind because I can. I can grab my pencil and, you know, start, you know, carry the two and times four and then, then decide that way if it's, if it's the right time for me to, <laughs> to step into this, or I can use other intelligences mm -hmm. that I have, like my, my antenna that is my body and my heart and, 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 and the, the, the information that, you know, all the angels of, you know, all these human angels around me that are, <laughs> are sharing things at all times. So yeah, yeah I, I, and I'd go slow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I just talked to somebody who, like I had a consultation with this person and he was already booked for a retreat in Colombia with like five ceremonies and then 10 days after a month of dieta in Peru. And that was the first thing I said, okay. Maybe you can slow down a little <laughs> and just, you know, space it out and see how you feel and what happens. But yeah, these are very powerful tools and it's good to have humility and respect and awareness, you know, how we are using these tools because, yeah, if you haven't <laughs> read my book, check it out, my story as a warning. <laughs> so. Yeah, so fun that um, you were here today, Patrick. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to continue our, our conversation and also, you know, our, our connection in the future. And uh, yeah, we're going to share your, your details so people can connect with you. It will be in the description of the video and you are located in, in Denver. So if we have listeners from that area, they can maybe personally connect with you as well. And um, is, is there any programs or anything that, that you are launching now or you're offering that you want to share? Um, no, not at this time. I, I've got a few uh, irons in the fire and some things, that are, <laughs> yeah, some things that are brewing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, stay so tuned. Yes, yeah, stay tuned and, and sign up for Patrick's uh, email list. It's, it's really cool. I love your blog. It's very elevating and thought-provoking. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, like and, and share this video, please, and subscribe to, to our channel. Uh, connect with me for personal a free consultation if you're thinking about working with specifically with the ayahuasca. And yeah, check out the other podcasts because we are putting out all this information for free to help people, you know, who are resonating with all this. So uh, this is like a labor of love from us and we are doing this of our heart and voluntarily all of us who are, who are involved in this, the guests as well, just as myself and, and, and our little team. So thank you for your support and your cooperation. Leave your comments, leave your questions, let us know what you want to hear about so we can, you know, go into specific topics that you, you want to hear more about and you are interested. So thank you so much for watching this episode and we are just sending lots of love from our hearts. Thank you.